0: Oh, yeah, Dave, you want us to remind you too about someone you wanted to play Batman?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. Interesting to hear who that is. (laughs) Did you just see a different picture of myself and you thought, man, Tim would make a great Batman?
1: (laughs) No, no, I saw one picture of you and I thought, hey, Tim would be a good uh, guy that Batman would kill. Bad Fans Podcast. Oh, sorry. Bad Fans Without Pants Podcast. This is episode number 47, right? Uh, you're 0 for 2. You messed up without pants and the <sighs> <order> episode number.
2: <laughs> it sounded right uh, to me.
1: <laughs> so I essentially have a batting batting average of zero right now. Yes. So you got to wait to your next uh, plate appearance to try to make up for that. Yeah. But, but you know what I noticed? Um, you know Michael Jordan? Uh-huh. He, he was actually a decent baseball player. Really? Because I heard he was batting 240. No, he was batting 240 in uh double A ball. And, you know, it's, it's not like he was trained to be a, a baseball player.
0: Yeah, at the same time, too, it's 240 is not necessarily. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> not going to get you called up to the big leagues. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's still pretty cool that he tried out, though, going for his, like, True passion or sports passion? That yeah, it was baseball.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like an amateur that hasn't yeah. you know went through the whole college system, the high school system, and you know just being thrown into double play ball is and, and, and batting 240 is pretty impressive to me. Anyway, I don't know about you, Tim. Elitist. <laughs> yes, you must bat over 240 for me to look at you. as pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> I remember a friend yeah, of mine actually but, had his rookie card. For his uh, for his uh, minor league team, he's all, oh man, it's gonna be worth a lot of money someday. Just you wait and see.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: about the worst. Yeah, it's worth it's worth the same as a paperclip that you can use to put it on your bike spoke, so it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's been uh, severely disappointed with that how with how that turned out. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway. And You know, well, Michael Jordan and his banning average. Uh, yeah, this is Bad Fans Without Pants, and uh, everybody's here, uh, Tim, Rob, and myself. So, uh, how about we just jump right in and do our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute minute commentary track for the Batman universe, because they have a full commentary already and we got to do it minute by minute because that's the real way
0: to do a commentary. <laughs> Leave the audience hanging, wondering what's going to happen yeah. next one, next episode.
1: Yeah, all these amateurs of the Batman universe and all these other ba- Batman podcasts. I mean, they're they're amateurs. We we're professionals. We like to go <laughs> minute by minute and, and do a commentary.
2: I'm all about counting the thread count. In the plane, in the seats. You know, there's things that some podcasters don't talk about. They go, look, there's Bane. It's like, look at the color blue in those seats. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) That's the only insight you're going to get on the minute-by-minute commentary.
2: (laughs) If you want to hear punches in the kicks, you can go somewhere else. If you want to hear about thread count and uh, sweat glands being used, this is the podcast you listen to.
1: (laughs) Perfectly said. All right, yeah, so keep an eye out for all those threads, uh, not only on the seats, but on the jackets, on Bean's hood, on the Army guys' uh, little flak jacket thing. And um, queue up your uh, digital download or DVD or Blu-ray to the three-minute mark. We're on three yeah. minutes, Tim. Can you believe it? We've come such a long way. I know. We're making great progress. And yet we're so far away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's only like 240 <laughs> more minutes to go. It's not that bad. That's good when you look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so hopefully you got your uh, your uh, device or whatever uh, queued up to three minutes, and I, I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. Rob, are you ready? You better be ready, Rob.
2: I'm ready to go. The longer you keep asking me, am I ready? I'm still ready.
1: Okay, that makes no sense. That's that's the attitude that I like from you, Rob. That's why you're on this podcast. That's why. (laughs) That's the
2: only reason. Because I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to hear what you say. We just know that you're ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, three, two, one, hit play. And Dane is actually speaking.
2: Dang it, Tim! I'm counting. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: what's the count now, Rob?
2: I was lost at 141. (laughs) You know, I thought they were blue. They're actually gray.
0: Good thing we're watching it minute by minute, or else we would have missed that detail. (laughs) I will say, though, too, it is a great reveal for Bane, though,
1: to how slowly the mask comes off. Yeah, but his voice, I mean, it's like it it doesn't match the other people's voices. (laughs) Well, they obviously
0: had to overdub it after the yeah. backlash they got for the prologue. When I first saw oh, yeah. the actual movie, was like, oh, man, they really cranked up his volume. <laughs> it's noticeably different.
2: Yeah, that very first scene where he started talking, it was like all of a sudden, like, is, is he in a tunnel? It was like, I was thinking it, it must be the type of plane that he's in. It's really causing this echo. Then somebody talks right after him. It's like, no, no, that guy sounds fine.
1: <laughs> and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> that's that's uh, minute four, minute three of our Dark Man Rises minute-by-minute uh, minute commentary. So uh, in two weeks, we're going to be doing minute four to minute five, and hopefully we'll see some action. It's not <laughs> just people talking <laughs> and <a> playing. <laughs> I think we got a few more plane shots, because that's where the last one ended, the shot at the back of the plane. Oh, yeah,
0: we got yeah. a few more to go to until <laughs> so, uh, bullets start
1: flying. We're so close, Tim. We're so close to smashing, finally.
2: <laughs> What's think, even funnier is it's still going to be a lot longer till we see Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You forget Batman. Even a lot longer till we see Bruce.
1: True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do get to see uh, Anne Hathaway, though. That's got to come for something. Oh, yeah. Yes. Did you see? Did you guys see she, um, she almost died?
3: Yeah, yeah, almost, almost drowned.
2: drowned.
1: <laughs> That's crazy! Oh God! I know. Just someone surfing
0: saved her too. Like it's not to be there. Yeah, just some guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ma'am, do you need mouth to mouth? Forget it. I'll just give it to you anyway. <laughs>
1: I have to do it. It's the only way to save you.
2: <laughs> I'm talking. No, no, you're not. <laughs>
1: But I wonder if he knew that that was Anna Hathaway at that moment. Or if he was like, you know, after everything was done, he was like, Is that Anne Hathaway that I just rescued? Probably not until he got
0: back to shore. Until <laughs> he yeah. realized it was her.
2: It's probably somebody. Dude, that was Anne Hathaway. No, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or if he realized it while she was still in the ocean, he gets her, he goes, Hey, wait a second, are you Anne Hathaway? <laughs> while she's still trying to save
1: her, he has to stop for a second.
3: <laughs> She's to to save
1: me. <laughs> I wonder if he asked for her autograph.
0: I think that'd be the least you can do. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, anyway, um, I just have to say, you know, before we get to our future topic, that I finally found someone that would make an awesome, awesome Batman slash Bruce Wayne that hasn't really been mentioned and you can kind of see why. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I think uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, you know Spock from the Star Trek movies, would make an excellent Batman. He's definitely got the acting chops. He would need to bulk up, which he did for Star Trek Into Darkness, and he would need some platform shoes because he looks kind of small. But so was I Michael Keaton. Could, yeah, so was Michael Keaton. But I think he would have made an awesome Batman slash Bruce Wayne.
2: You know, I want to laugh at that, but I actually can kind of, I could kind of sort of see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has that look, that that sort of dark look to him, and I don't know, it just hit me. I mean, I, I see that guy everywhere, you know, and it's just, I was like, wow, yeah, he he would make a good man, Yeah, he would be somebody I never think of to be Batman, but now that
0: you mentioned it, I can't see it work. I don't know if he'll be an unbelievable Batman, or, like, the perfect Batman, yeah. but I think he can make it work, if he got it.
3: How, how old uh, yeah, is he? he j- just...
0: What is that, Rob?
2: How, how old is he? I mean, like, approximately in his 30s, late 20s?
0: I want to say early 30s, late 20s, somewhere around there. Yeah. Hmm. Well, for the next reboot. <laughs> Maybe they'll get him.
2: <laughs> Darn it, Dane, I wanted to hate your suggestion, but I don't.
1: <laughs> too awesome. It's too awesome. So, I
2: was expecting something like could... Jerry Lewis. In his younger days, I could see him as yeah. Batman. <laughs> and you pull awesome. that out, and I'm like, oh, that actually kind of works. <laughs>
0: or the
3: actor which, like, check
0: off in these Star Trek movies. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Worst you accent know, you... in movie history, that guy. He'd have to use it for Batman, though. That's the only way he could be able to pull it off.
3: <laughs> Commissioner
2: Gordon, do you have a clue from the original? I'm sorry, I can't understand a word you're saying.
0: <laughs> Man, that was almost dead on.
2: <laughs> one, zero, zero, one. Ah, shut up.
0: I <laughs> See, now I want to see that more than Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I, you've probably seen those uh, NFL commercials where where they overdub, you know, the, where their mouths are moving. I forget what that's called, where it looks like they're saying the actual words. Like, I'm, I'm going to go shopping later, you know, where they take out the audio and put in something else. I think that actor needs to do the, um, the Dark Knight Rises, not commentary <laughs> track, but just do the voiceover. For every character in The Dark Knight Rises. I think that's the commentary track w- we need to be trying to do. Let's oh, get in the checkoff voice.
0: <laughs> we'll do that for The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. So we can hear the Joker talk like that. <laughs> but anyway, I think we should do our future topic, right, Tim? Right. Let's do it. And I think this has been... This past week, as we're recording, there's been tons of news coming out (laughs) from every aspect, comic news, movie news, TV news. So, But probably one of the bigger things that happened earlier this week was the announcement of the Gotham TV show, how it looks like its focus is going to shift a little bit. Because originally it was supposed to be centered on a young Jim Gordon as a detective before there's even a Batman. But uh, there was talk of how Bruce Wayne might be a character in it and maybe just in the first episodes but now um, it looks like Bruce Wayne is going to be the central focus of this series along with his regular Batman villains because there was at the television critics uh, association I think expo that they were having so there was a Fox uh, CEO or someone from Fox was making the announcement about this I'm going to read the exact quotes it's This is an origin story for Bruce Wayne. The show will arc a young Bruce Wayne from a child, around 12, into the final episode of the series when he will put on the cape. The actor will grow up. If we do our job well, he'll be a young man and ready to be Batman by the end of the series. Which isn't to say we might not skip ahead. So, just by reading that, it's like Gordon, (laughs) the Gordon TV show cop drama is kind of out the window now. And to me, it's sounding like, a clone of Smallville or Smallville part two with Batman characters. And I'll just say it right now. I'm still excited for the show. I'm looking forward to it, but part of me is disappointed that the Gordon concept looks like isn't going to be the main focus now. Cause that sounded really cool. But then at the same time, this is a period of Bruce's life. we have never really seen anywhere. So it has the potential to be cool if done right. But like I said, no. I just got the Smallville buy for it when I first heard it.
2: Now, I think I said this one of the last times I was on about Kevin Smith and Paul Dini talking yeah. about their law. I mean, does this not sound like that? I thought they, was were, they were pretty adamant, like, we need to tell Jeff Johns about this idea. And then in about a month's time from their podcast to this announcement, I'm like, did somebody at Warner Brothers go, uh, we kind of like that idea.
0: Yeah, it's like, did they actually listen to the podcast? Or did uh, Paul Dini actually, or Kevin Smith actually, got in contact with Jeff Jones and somebody and actually pitched this, and it worked. This seems a little far-fetched, but hey, you never know. It does sound
1: pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, and here's my problem with it. And my problem, essentially, because I, I mean, without any plot synopsis or anything or any more details about the show, I thought that this show was going to be A, about Gordon, because the TV show is called Gordon. Um, I think it's always called Gotham. Or Gotham, whatever. (laughs) And B, I thought that this was going to be, you know, about Commissioner Gordon and, you know, about um, him solving cases. You know, something like Killing or something like that new HBO show or, you know, a police procedural, you know, not, not some, <laughs> uh, Batman story. Show? <laughs> yeah, Batman story or a Smallville show. And I I just thought it would, it would be more than just, you know, a, a, a Batman story.
0: Like your run-of-the-mill superhero TV show right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought it was a great concept that they were gonna go back in time and kind of separate themselves from, you know, the the DC universe mm. essentially, and they they were gonna do their own little thing and not particularly deal with Batman, you know, kind of like Batwoman, how Batwoman was in the DC universe but she was totally outside of it, you know. I I thought it was going to be something more like that and not like Smallville where, you know, you see Lex Luthor, you see Lana, you see Lois and stuff like that.
2: I think it has the potential to be both. I mean, I don't know how many stories you can tell with a young Bruce Wayne. You know, it's not like he's going off to Indonesia to go train yet. Yeah. His parents are have just going to be killed, so I think you're going to – I don't know if you guys watch, um, I want to say NYPD Blue. It's the Tom Selleck show. Um, what is that show called?
0: I know what you're talking about, but I never watch it, so <laughs> I play my, my,
2: my wife and I watch it every, every week. I can't remember what it's called.
0: Blue's in the title, I think. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, whatever that is. I look at Tom Selleck, and I go, he, he looks like he could play Commissioner Gordon, and uh, I could see – the show kind of like that, they're, they're solving crimes in, in Gotham City, and if they play it right, you could have a young Bruce Wayne come in every, every now and then that he has this, you know, connection to Commissioner Gordon since he was, you know, the first cop on the scene, yada, yada, whatever. Um, I may get, you know, you have two main characters, you have Gordon and you have Bruce Wayne. So I hope it's not like a Smallville thing, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who they're cast in, and at least what a, a plot synopsis is, because it still sounds like it still sounds like it's under development. Okay, well this t- this month it's going to be this, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: nothing's off the table for them because they made a point to announce that they have the license for every single character every, from the Batman universe. So nothing's off the limits to them. And he's even mentioned mm-hmm. villains by name, like Joker, Penguin, Catwoman. Yeah, like they're going to be in the show eventually. And that's what has me the most worried about it, because I really don't want to see a young Bruce Wayne meet all these characters before he's actually Batman. It just loses something. I mean, it works for the most part with Smallville, but as the series went on, he pretty much met all his central characters before he actually became Superman.
2: That took me out of it. He, He would meet Hawkman or Dr. Fate before he's Superman. I'm like aren't you supposed to be the granddaddy of all superheroes and you are you just met the whole entire Justice League before you become Superman?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the last one <laughs> to actually <laughs> become the superhero. So, yeah, that's my biggest worry about it is just Batman meeting all these – or Bruce meeting all these characters. And I, I won't mind the villains too much unless they go way overboard, but what I don't want to absolutely see at all is him meeting, like, Dick Grayson or Tim Drake while he's still a teenager too. That would just be – uh, I don't even want to think about it. I just be so messed up.
1: I'm sure that they'll figure out a way to like squeeze him in somehow. Like, like, oh, this is Dick Grayson, and Bruce is a little kid. It's like,
2: you know, I, I could see Alfred trying to cheer up Bruce and let's go to the circus, and you see a young John and Mary yeah. Grayson. Or the Drakes are another wealthy family, and Tim's not born yet, but there are – you know the Drakes sitting with the Wayne as a little tip to the hat of the, for the fans to go, oh, those are Tim's parents, but we don't see Tim.
0: Exactly, yeah, that stuff I wouldn't mind. Or maybe <clears throat> one of the stories or villains for an episode is like uh, the Todd family, like into crime, or the main the criminal for an episode is Jason Todd's father or something like that. Those mm-hmm. small tie-ins will work, but as long as they don't meet the specific characters, <laughs> like you don't want to have Bruce and Dick teenagers at the same time and they're both best friends and all that. <laughs> That's another thing too, where it's curious because actually going to co- obviously have to cast a young kid to play Bruce Wayne right now. They're looking for a twelve-year-old, and who's to say he's still going to be right for the role when he actually ages, towards <laughs> the point where they want the series to end, where he is an adult. What if he ends up doesn't <laughs> end up being a good older Bruce Wayne, or he doesn't pan out like acting-wise as he gets older, or, or there's certain situations that can come up.
2: Star Wars Attack of the Clones.
0: (laughs) I don't care you, Rob. Yeah, I don't (laughs) care (laughs) you. It's Jake Lloyd who I really have the biggest problem with.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm saying that for the exact same reason you are. If they didn't think Jake Lloyd was going to grow up in the time frame that they needed, then why cast him? Why not just put uh, Hayden Christensen right in the role right from day one?
0: Yeah, because that goes to the point of the story they're trying to tell, and they want to tell the young Bruce Wayne story about the same time get to the point where he's old enough to become Batman. I mean, are they going to stick with that young actor throughout the whole series? I mean, he did mention they might skip ahead, but they want to save the moment where he becomes Batman for the very last episode, so it just raises questions
1: how they're going to pull that off. I mean, who says that the series is going to last that long? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it kind of sounds like a, a one-and-done thing, kind of, you know, just one season and it gets canceled because... And it's on Fox, and when was the last time Fox had a real good hit? And it kind of sounds like they, they have – they're being pulled one way, and then, you know, they're being pulled the other way too, and they're kind of not sure what they want to do right now.
2: This is what I don't understand. Uh, people were kind of saying the same thing about Arrow, and Arrow is such a great show. That being all said, why not – have it on the CW. That yeah. Arrow's the front runner, and then after Arrow is another DC property, or you know the next night. But you're going to put it to fro to <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put it on to Put it on Fox. And isn't the W in CW Warner? Yeah. Who owns DC Comics? Uh, they don't own a stake in uh, Fox, do they?
0: Yeah, that's why Fox is just uh, buying the license. Like, one of us is just licensing out the Batman name pretty much. I think that's part of the reason, too, because they paid for this license to use Batman and all his characters. They probably don't want to go, oh, we just don't want to use Commissioner Gordon, and that's it, maybe a young Bruce Wayne. We want to take advantage of what we're paying for, and we want to use all these characters that we can. So maybe that's part of the thinking where they want to try to cram in as many familiar Batman characters as they possibly can to make it work, so – I think that probably has something to do with it, too. But also, uh, someone tweeted this out. I forget who it was made an interesting point, because uh, the, we'll talk about this later. The Batman 66 DVDs just got announced. And that was a whole big licensing fiasco where Warner Brothers and Fox owned part of it. Maybe this was kind of uh, something that was part of the deal, where to get those DVDs out, maybe they worked out where Fox got the rights to Batman for a TV series, and maybe they wanted to use all the characters. But that's the only way they work out this arrangement to get the 66 DVDs out and to get this show worked out. So, who knows what went on behind the scenes with this.
1: I don't know. It, <laughs> may, may, maybe I'm just being pessimistic, but th- this seems like a one-and-done thing. Yeah, like one I said, season, and it's gone.
0: It'll be curious to see how many stories they can get out focusing on a young Bruce Wayne. Like I mentioned before, yeah. It has the potential to be good if, since it's stuff we've never seen before in Bruce's life. Because I'm just thinking back to that awesome Arkham Origins trailer, that had that showed the different stages of Bruce's life as a kid, oh, yeah. when his parents got killed, when he's at school, when he's training. So if we kind of get more focused on what his life was like during his teenage, preteen era. It could be cool. It just all depends if the stories work. But at the same time, I know what you're saying too. It's uncharted territory, and that Gordon story sounded so good, <laughs> but having that cop drama set in Gotham was a young
1: Gordon—yes, a serious, deep, you know, police procedural drama—and and not you know in in the form of CSI or these these other these other shows like Law and Order—you know, something deeper. Then Blue
2: Bloods. So I'm sorry. Was that was the name of the show I couldn't think of. Oh, okay. yeah, I, sorry, sorry, Dana. I'm just shouting out random words. Part of the cop. But,
1: but you mentioned uh, Arkham Origins, and I have to say, that was the biggest letdown of Origins. I'm <laughs> not seeing those didn't get scenes. to see any of that. Yeah. Just yeah, I, I was
0: kind of expecting that, but it, I was kind of hoping, oh, maybe it'll be something down the line with some DLCs, so... But um, another thing, too, was that I thought this had the opportunity to connect with the upcoming movies of Ben Affleck, because since they're going to be telling Bruce Wayne as a kid, they could just say, oh, yeah, this is the Ben Affleck Batman when he was a kid. But now they're saying this is going to have no connectivity to any of the upcoming movies. Or even, I think, Arrow and the Flash series This is going to be its own thing. So it's going to have no connective tissue to any DC universe stuff. Unless they in their own, but it looks like they're really just going to focus on Batman. And it just makes you think, too, as far as whenever there are new solo Batman movies, that that's going to hurt the show where, okay, you can't use this villain now since the movie's using it, or they're just going to kind of do whatever since they have the rights to it. It's actually kind of surprising, too, because you know how paranoid Warner Brothers is is having two of the same characters on TV and movie at the same time. And yet we're going to get that now with the series, so... Yeah. I was kind of surprised that they actually uh, got the green light to go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, it's not only that. It's it's like, what's what's um, Gordon's role going to be in this show? Yeah. If it's not about him, um, then then what's going to happen with him? I mean, is he going to be like how he is in the movies? And I'm not talking I'm not talking about the Christopher Nolan movies. I'm talking about the Tim Burton movies where he, you know, you just see a scene of him looking up in a building, and that's it. Or is he going to be uh, an essential part of the show?
2: What was the comic book series that... Was it Rucka? Was it Gotham Central? Yeah. yeah. That was good. I mean, it, if it was like that, the, the Gordon's kind of the main focal point, but you could have an episode that's Harvey Bullock. You know, that Gordon is still there. You get it from Bullock's perspective, or Renee Montoya, or, you know, whoever. And then... You know, you still throw a little Bruce Wayne here. You throw Professor Jonathan Crane trying out his new fear toxin on his students. You know, uh, tip of the hat to the scarecrow. If it's things like that, that would be kind of cool. But if it's, like you guys were saying, the Smallville, here's the wink-wink hero of the day. We're going to slip in here, the villain of the day. And Bruce Wayne's still only 14 years old, but he's going to see the Joker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's a lot of people were hoping for, too, that it was going to be Gotham Central. Like, it was going to be stories based off those, off that series, or at least take inspiration from it. But it doesn't look like that's going to
1: happen now. <laughs> here's what Commissioner Gordon, or sorry, not Commissioner Gordon, because he's going to be a Detective Gordon or whatever. Here's, his, here's what his role is going to be. His role is going to be John Cusack in every movie he's ever been in. He claims masculinity, but you never see it. So he's going to be sitting behind his desk doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like... But you know, he's going to have the reputation. Is, it, yeah, he's going to be right. like, C- Commissioner Gordon is going to be our main guy, but he's going to be sitting behind a desk writing on a notepad. Uh, don't say that. That's going to be his only scene. So
2: instead of pushing 10, it's going to be pushing Gotham?
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, or it's going to be like... Uh,
2: hmm. Serendipity. Serendipity. Oh, Constantly searching for, <laughs> for
1: Kate Beckins <laughs> Yeah.
2: For Bruce Wayne, I saved this kid, and I keep seeing this guy in a rubber costume.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or um, what's that movie called that he was in? Uh, um. Saying anything, where he uh, he's holding a uh, boombox over his head with Peter Gabriel playing for no apparent reason. You're movies that I have never seen. So. Uh, one of my favorite. Me too.
2: Well, one of my favorite John Cusack movies is um, *Gross Point Blank*.
0: Never seen it. <laughs> Dan
2: It's that. I think that's more the one that he jumps out of from behind the desk.
1: It's very descriptive of you. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Rob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. I'm out. <laughs>
1: Leave it on a high note. <laughs> what about The Raven? <laughs> you guys seen that?
2: No. Uh, <laughs> uh, about Good. five minutes of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have to see that. Here's what I'll say John Cusack, yes, he's made some crap, like The Raven. Uh. Uh, Conair. No. That movie was crap. Um. What other crappy... Eight Men Out? That piece of crap movie? Was that a piece of crap movie? Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. Did you guys like it? I've never seen the whole thing. I, oh. I
2: kind of liked it, and I kind of
1: forgot he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, was the, what other movies?
2: What was the the disaster movie where the world's ending? Is that 2012?
1: 2012? Or... It, it wasn't the day after tomorrow, was it? No. I, I, yeah, must have that was
2: Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: I don't think I've seen any of his movies, probably. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, Stand By Me? No, actually. <laughs> uh, well, he's barely in that one, so. Um,
2: High Fidelity, isn't he in that with Jack Black?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in High Fidelity, even that's though that movie right. was kind of like... Yeah, it was kind of crappy, but everybody seems to like it except for me. I don't know why. Uh, I,
2: I got a buddy of mine that loves the crap out of it, and I'm like, it's, it's okay. But he quotes yeah. it like it's the Big Lebowski. I'm like, dude, that is no Big Lebowski.
1: <laughs> Isn't that like a, a r- romantic comedy?
2: <laughs> I, I, Fidelity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: God. He, Your favorite. He's made a lot of romantic comedy. <laughs> Movies. Must Love Dogs. That movie is crap. What? Yeah. I had to watch that, that in school. I had to watch that in school in case anybody's wondering why I saw that movie. <laughs>
2: well, and I want to know why did you have to watch it in school? Were you in detention?
1: No, because it was the last day of school, ah. and the teacher didn't really want to teach, so she just put on was Must it, Love Dogs. Did it have Star Wars or something to watch? <laughs> 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 I'd rather oh, watch the what, Christmas special than Must Love Dogs. <laughs> did he end up loving the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. He ended up loving Diane Keaton. No not Keaton. Not uh
2: Kent. Uh what's her name?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Diane, Kent. Diane Lane? Diane Lane. Yeah, yes. Diane Lane, yeah. Yeah. So they fell in love, and that was the end of the story. Just like Serendipity, just like uh, High Fidelity, just Just like like Gross Point Blank, was it? Yep, yep. He falls in love with the girl at the end? Yeah. (laughs) No, that's what I thought.
0: I'm starting to get a feeling what our rating scale is going to be for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Movies. So many movies. (laughs) So, with John yeah, Cusack movies. K- k- here it is. Here
2: John it is right Cusack now. Cusack. Right now. <laughs> that doesn't impress yeah, yeah. me. <laughs>
1: oh, no. John Cusack movies where he falls in love with a girl at the end. <laughs> <Out there>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and I vote all of them.
0: <laughs> I think that's the fastest we ever came up with a rating scale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, um... Yeah, yeah. Stand By Me, he didn't fall in love with any girl. He he died in a car uh, accident. Yeah. Spoiler right. alert, by the way, if you haven't seen uh, Stand By Me or read the book. I just told you I never saw it. Uh, my bad, you. Tim. <laughs> it's only been out, what, out for, what,
0: uh, 25 years or something like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, like 25, 30 years. It's okay. <laughs> it's really good, though. Yeah, it's a good movie. The Royal oh. Phoenix... Little Wheaton people. Like we'll
2: that. I'm just looking at my movie collection to see if I see it in the John Cusack movie, and I do. America's Sweethearts, Billy Crystal, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Julie Roberts, and John Cusack. Does he get the girl at the end of the movie? Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, he gets Julia Roberts.
1: Oh God. And Thank I own it. The like, every and
2: <laughs> I got it free. Uh, Blockbuster was closing, so. <laughs> there you go. They're
0: just getting rid of all the John Keys, like movies. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was a dollar, and I said, I don't have a dollar, and the guy's like, I'm going to take it, get it the hell out of here. <laughs> like, alright.
0: So maybe John Keysack can be in the Gotham TV show now. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Why are you just gonna fall in love with the girl. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you can play Renee,
1: and uh, Sarah Essen could
0: be in it. There you go. There you go. Yeah.
2: Renee, why won't you love me? You know we're gonna end up being together by the end of the final season.
0: <laughs> you know how much you hate that uh, relationship drama
1: that was in Smallville. <laughs> <game. laughs> Something like that. To it. <laughs> Yeah, but in in Serendipity, did he get Pete Beckinsale at the end? He did, right? Yes. He found the glove.
2: Yeah, he uh, found the glove laying on the ice skating rink. That's one of my wife's... I'm
1: so embarrassed that I
0: know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I don't.
3: (laughs)
1: Uh, But anyway, enough about John Cusack movies where he gets the girl at the end, (laughs) which is every single one of them. Uh, Tim (laughs) Why don't, you, why don't you give us our, uh, our the rest of... Why don't we finish up this damn segment already? <laughs> that somehow went into a John Cusack segment. <laughs>
0: I'll just say this the last thing about the Gordon Show. Like I'll, I said in the beginning, I'm still excited for it. I think that's the potential to be cool. and Again, just having more Batman content is going to be uh, good to have on TV. I mean... We haven't had a Batman TV show since uh, 66 series, and I'm not really counting Birds of Prey, so <laughs> maybe others do, but I'm not. But, uh, so yeah, disappointed that's not Gordon anymore, but excited to see the hopeful potential of some cool news stories that we haven't seen much before in the Batman universe. So I'm still going to be excited for it when it premieres this fall. It's not going to be too long till we get more information about it, so we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, just watch it. it'll probably get canceled before it even airs. Well,
0: oh, it's <laughs> gonna be like that Wonder Woman pilot, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
3: no, no, I'm
1: actually. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually excited about uh, this this Batman slash Gordon slash Catwoman slash Batman villain slash Batman heroes. Yeah. John Cusack falling in love with her, and he's playing Commissioner Gordon and. There's one sure thing about life is that John Cusack is going to get the girl at the end. So I'm, I'm actually optimistic about this, and I, I want to watch it, d- despite what I've said.
2: Do you think that we get told too much about things before um, a product is out, rather than you know, you get just a quick little synopsis, and then you watch it for yourself rather than you, you see tons of photos, tons of pictures. And my wife makes a comment all the time about um, movie trailers. She's like, "Well, I think we've uh, what's the uh, the her uh, where what's his face is falling in love with his phone." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, <laughs> she, she she just said. Yeah, the other night she's like, I think we just saw the whole entire movie over the course of these last two months. We see a different trailer every time it's out. It's like, just do one thing and quit giving us little nuggets all along the way. Yeah, yeah, because
1: here's here's what happens in that movie. I haven't seen the movie. I've seen the trailer. I haven't seen the movie. Joaquin Phoenix uh, falls in love with uh, the girl, the computer girl. Um, But they can never be together. And he finds a real girl, and they fall in love. That's that's the movie. I just told you the movie. I just saved you twelve dollars, so you better thank me. And I told,
2: I, I will agree with that a hundred percent. And I will add this: the her that they are referring to, the phone is going to refer as the real girl, as her. Like you're in love with her, not me. Her.
0: You guys see too many romantic movies. (laughs) Dude,
2: John Cusack has told us a lot. You watch your mouth.
1: (laughs) 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 But uh, seriously, I I don't think uh, we get enough because uh, well, I can answer it with two words: Star Wars. Yeah, (laughs) it's been two years and. We just got tons. Yeah, of we things. know R2 is going to be in it. That's that. That's it. Got the
0: directors and the writers in R2. That's, in a release date, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I get what you're saying, Rob. I mean, I don't think they had to say in this announcement that, oh, you're going to see Joker, you're going to see Penguin, you're going to see Catwoman. And they just said, yeah, it's going to focus on Bruce Wayne and you'll see some familiar characters in this show. That's all they had to say. Keep Fans guessing as far as what villains or characters they might see. They don't have to lay it all out right here, right now, when they haven't even have a script yet.
2: I, I don't want to jump ahead, and like towards the comic portion of this. But even the most recent solicitation, did you see a solicitation for uh, Justice League? Uh, but, uh, the April Justice League.
0: Yeah, with Lethal. Yeah. So why yeah. finish
2: reading Forever Evil? <laughs> so <laughs> so exactly. apparently, yeah. apparently Batman's fine. Aquaman's fine. Everybody's fine. So I don't need to buy the last remaining issues of Forever Evil because I already know that the good guys win. Awesome. You know, it's,
3: <laughs> it's like, stuff,
2: stuff like that just really cheeses me. It's like, Why, why am I spending three ninety nine on a book when you're going to tell me that Damien's dead a month before, or two weeks before he come before he actually dies? <laughs> you know.
0: The sad part is we all know the reason why because they just want to build the hype up for it for the people who aren't diehard comic fans to get them to buy this. Big monumental issue. That's the reason, and us comic fans who are going to read it, no matter what, we're losing out on a pretty cool big twist or surprise at the end that now we know ahead of time. So, yeah.
2: Sorry, if I didn't mean to get on my comic soapbox there, but yeah. I just I saw that today, and I'm like, son of a gun.
1: <laughs> it's a legitimate gripe, yes. Yeah, you do have a point there, Rob, and I mean, I guess in that case, you can just read like a Wikipedia entry or. Read a review about the issue. You don't. I mean, you don't technically have to buy it anymore. That's what I did
0: for a uh, Trinity War. Before I got for Evil number one, just got caught up on what happened that way.
3: <laughs> yeah. But
0: I will say this for the Gotham TV show and all this news that happened: at least it's official <laughs> announcements and news. This isn't speculation. Because man, going to the Batman Superman tons and tons of rumors and flying out left and right. It was like, I don't, can't remember a movie that has this so many rumors that contradict each other. I mean, you got this guy playing Green Lantern. Oh, wait, The Rock is going to be in a DC movie. He might be Green Lantern. Or Jason Momoa has dropped out. Oh, wait, he's playing Aquaman now. <laughs> or the movie's going to shoot back to back. Like, man, I can't believe this. Uh,
2: who was the guy that was going to be, supposed to be Doomsday or...
1: Yeah, Jason Momoa, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you went from Aquaman to Doomsday, and then to um, uh, who else? No, it was actually Doomsday first. Then he dropped Doomsday. out, and then yeah. now he's Aquaman. <laughs> That's what, what? The, the rumors are. Yeah.
2: Dane, do you wait, remember? I
1: I don't know. Uh, wait, hold on one second, Rob. Okay. I, I don't know anything about Hollywood, but I'm sure that. An actor doesn't get offered a role three times, three different three different <laughs> roles, three different times. Maybe twice, because you like the actor, and you go, oh, I might have another yeah. part for you, but yeah, three times? <laughs> yeah, like like Killian like Murphy, yeah, Batman exactly. begins, he screen tested for Batman, he wasn't the right role. He wasn't right for the role, so they cast him as Scarecrow. But three times for three different characters, and three completely different characters, is, I don't know. It's
2: not like he's auditioning for cop number one, cop number two, cop number
1: three.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can't see the parallels or the similarities between Doomsday and Aquaman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talk to fish, or you knock down buildings and kill Superman. I see both.
0: <laughs> or maybe Aquaman and Doomsday. Isn't there one Same more too?
2: I Green Lantern. I thought there going was. a lot, Yes, too. that was the other one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like pretty much every new actor that's rumored is, oh, he's a Green Lantern, he's John Stewart.
2: Dane, do you remember what you said? I'm trying to, I don't remember what episode it was, but I bet it was five months ago when we heard the news of the Batman Superman, where you said, let's let's make up the craziest rumor. I think you were thinking yeah. too big. We just need to start picking. You know, Matt Damon is going to be uh, the Atom. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep it simple. And it'll probably be on IMDb by tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you're right. And the the thing is, is you don't need any credentials to, to do this yep. and post it on the internet and get it, you know, mainstream coverage. So, with that said, <laughs> Matt Damon, not the Adam, not uh, Green Lantern, not Doomsday, not Aquaman. Matt Damon... He's going to be playing a piece of tile on the floor. <laughs> and he's going to be a tile that talks.
0: He's going to be that wonder that twin.
1: <laughs> he's going to be complaining that people are stepping on him. So Matt Damon as the tile. That's going to be our rumor. Tim, post that somewhere that you've got secret knowledge about this movie. And that Matt Damon is going to play a tile. It's going on Twitter right now.
2: (laughs) Even better than that, he's a tile, but it looks like that tile is made of plastic. Uh
0: Uh-oh. It's going to be a Uh twist that I think I know what's coming. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's going to be a slight twist in things. The end credits scene. But, (laughs) unfortunately, unfortunately, Matt Damon declined on the tile role. So, Warner Brothers offered him a role as a piece of glass. <laughs> he again denied or declined the role. So, Matt Damon is going to be playing a wheel <laughs> on the battlefield.
0: Oh, man, I thought you were going to go through all the different kinds of materials. Yeah. Plastic, not, glass, not even the driver's brick. side.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the back right tire.
1: <laughs> so, Tim, please post that on a relevant news site.
0: Well, I'll have to do it a few months apart. I mean, let the
1: oh, yeah, piece of right, tile yeah. last for a while,
0: then we'll go to the glass, and then we'll go to the wheel. <laughs> so, like, in a year's time, it'll have three different roles. And I think Bryan uh, Cranston has been cast as Luther, like, three different times now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and I love it when they say uh, – Brian Cranston said, "There's no truth to the rumor that dies down a month later. He has reconsidered the role of Lex Luthor." Yeah,
0: and it's confirmed now.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah, this to get yeah. way out of hand. It's like almost an
1: annoying part. It was like, man, just wait for the official stuff. Come on.
3: And yeah, then, the thing about
1: the Brian Cranston thing was, people pointed the finger at him because he had a, he had a shaved head. He had a shaved head because of Breaking Bad. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, but but now he doesn't have a shaved head. But yet, that rumor never never goes away. No you know,
3: matter what. Uh, you
0: guys cast as loose door, and then he refused to shave his head. <laughs> to be like Gene
1: Hackman with the wig. You no, know, we were saying to... Um... Go ahead, Ralph.
2: No, so you were... St- we were saying something about Star Wars that we haven't seen anything. Would you rather see, like, okay, here's the cast of everybody. There's Ben Affleck as Batman, Cavill as Superman. You you have a picture that goes with the name of everybody, the nobody secret, and then you'll be like, okay, we know who's in the cast of the movie. We don't know the plot, but we know the cast. Or well, do I mean, you – No,
1: just, just like the main characters, you know, Luke, Leia. you know, if Luke has a kid – I know there's that rumor now that uh, the guy from Breaking Bad is going to be Luke's son. Uh, mm-hmm. j- just the main stuff, not not the stuff that pertains to the story. Just, you know, Han, Luke, and Leia, C-3PO, um, Chewbacca, maybe. <laughs> you know, j- just main stuff. Not, you know, Luke is, Luke, you know, turns to, to the dark side of the Force.
2: Right, you know? yeah, that... That's what I mean. That you you have your principal cast. That as soon as they say Star Wars is going to be out in 2015, bam! Here's here's the main principal cast without giving away to the secret person that's the plot twist. You know, like you said, Luke Hanley, Chewie, Millennium Falcon, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 stuff like that. Because rather we, than we, we months going that, by, yeah, yeah, we still don't know that. You know. uh, the main three are cast and ready to go yet.
3: Yeah, I think
0: that's the best way, to Instead of announcing one actor at a time, just do one big announcement. Because if they are eventually going to do a Justice League movie, just get all the actors out at the same time. Don't, you know, So this person's playing Aquaman, and then six months later, this person's playing Green Lantern, and then this person's playing The Flash. Just get it all out there.
2: And or it, even, even do it simpler. This movie will have this person, this person, this person, this person. We're still looking to cast all of these roles. Yeah. But if you hear Red Tornado mentioned, we didn't say Red Tornado was going to be in the movie, so don't don't throw a name with that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah, of all the speculation. And, 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 and who is that, that auto- are going to play?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that automatically erases people like El Mayimbe in Latino Review. You know. Yeah. They they don't have any more purpose because Warner Brothers said, you know, uh, Wonder and Batman, Superman, uh, Green Lantern are going to be in this movie. And that's the only five that are going to be in this movie, four or five that are going to be in this movie.
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping, too, like all these scoop stuff that's happening, it's been happening a lot with this movie, and then everyone, all these different sites or people and bloggers and all that trying to be the first to get it out there or say they have the right source and the other person's source isn't right. I mean, I hope all this confusion and craziness gets these studios to just release – an official press announcement beforehand before it gets all out of control and stop all of these rumors and speculation. Hopefully that's where this is going to head down the line. Because, it's, like I said, just keep waiting and waiting for something, and all we hear is rumors and
1: rumors and rumors. Yeah, well, yeah and like, like like what if Latino Review or Superhero Hype or whoever says that you know Joker's going to be in the, the Batman Superman movie, and let's say Warner Brothers doesn't say anything. We go to the movie, and Joker's not in it. How how are us Batman fans going to feel? You know, it's going to be a big letdown, because we expected Joker to be in that movie because so-and-so said so, and they had these confidential sources or secret sources or whatever, and he, he's not in the movie. We're, we're, we're going to be extremely let down, you know?
2: See, now, I always get disappointed in that. If this is real life, and I say, Dane, when I see you next week, I'm gonna give you five hundred dollars. I swear, I promise, I've got it. You see me next week and I don't give you five hundred dollars, what happens yeah. the next time I tell you I'm gonna give you five hundred dollars? You're gonna call me a liar, you're probably not gonna to talk to me again or whatever. So yeah. why does that why do people keep flooding these sites like Latino Review and Superhero Hype or whatever they are and keep populating these sites and go, They let us down so many times I'm just I'm leaving the site.
0: And it's funny too. You hear the everyone yeah. has a different factions of sites they go to and trust. You hear like people say, like, "Oh, the Trina Review, they're never right." And then you hear the different perspective, people, "Oh, they're always right. They're so trustworthy, reliable source." It's like, <laughs> there's never one true site that has like a great track record where everything they say is right. I mean, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt until it's officially confirmed. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> well, but- <laughs> Something did get confirmed today for the Batman Superman movie. <laughs> as we're recording this, uh, the other big news is that it's been pushed back a year, pretty much, which I didn't see coming at all. Maybe uh, with all these rumors going around the possible Justice League lead up and these rumored characters, some people might have saw it coming because this is DC's ultimate plan. But it's official. Yeah, it's going to be uh, even longer wait. And I sent the tweet out saying, man, 2015 is going to be a little less awesome now that <laughs> the Batman versus Superman movie is not going to be there, but I think it ends up going to be probably for the best just to really work out what they really want to do with this movie and start their whole Justice League process because you know that's where it's leading to. So yeah. I was shocked by it, but I think it's going to be in the end a good move.
2: It's, it's funny seeing, uh, you know, right before we started recording, I was, on Facebook and Twitter and you name it. I was just checking everything and people were pointing out, you know, just a few months ago, or not even a few months ago, probably a week ago, people were complaining that DC's rushing this. They're throwing too many things. They need to take time. And now that DC was like, you know what? I think we need to do this. do need to take some time and some speech uh, lessons while we're at it.
0: Um, (laughs) I'll join you in that too for the speech lessons.
2: (laughs) And now people are like, this is stupid, this is going to kill the movie. It's like, wait a minute, last week you just said they're rushing it. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. If, if taking an extra year is going to polish this and we look at it and go, I can see why they waited a year, an extra full year, I'm I'm all for it. And people were saying, I don't know, uh, Gail Goddard, or how you say her name, isn't going to be able to bulk up in time. Guess what? She has a whole another year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I was one of those people that, that were saying it kind of feels a little rushed, um, except I, I'm not the one saying that, you know, oh, the movie's going to be ruined now or whatever Whatever people yeah. are saying. I think it's a positive-negative situation. The positive, they get to work on the story. They get to work on the visual effects. They get to work on the acting and the script and, you know, the direction uh, the ne- the only negative thing I can think about is maybe all this time may change a positive into a negative, and we're not gonna get to see it in 2015 with Star Wars. So yeah, <laughs> those are the only two things I um, are that that are negative for me. Not, I really think that what they want to do with Justice League
0: because you hear all these rumors like we've been talking about these different characters. I think it just got too big to do everything they wanted to for 2015. And they said, okay, let's just take it a step back and really decide what we're, we're going to do. Is this going to be a Justice League lead-in or is this movie eventually going to end up just being Justice League with all these characters? So I have a feeling where they said, oh, I want to add this in there, I want to add this in there. and then It just got too big to do it, to film and to have it ready by 2015. And then Plus 2, we just announced, a, I think, a month ago, or maybe a little longer, but that, how they're getting a new script writing where it's not just going to be based on David Gloria's script anymore. So I'm sure that factored, factored into it, too, as far as getting that pushback. So just all these different things. And I think Warner Brothers' official statement said that they want to realize fully their vision and given the complex visual nature of the story. So yes. pretty much what we're talking about, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the negative part is they may overthink it Mm -hmm. But, you know, at at the end of the day, there's more positive than negative. And, you know, if they need more time, take more time. You know, I can wait. I'll be kind of uh, antsy and anxious in the the meantime. But, you know, take all the time you need. And I want to see this movie.
2: A a negative that I have, I mean, we were probably, what, a few weeks from – some really serious um, production yeah. being being actually filmed, and that's 45 minutes from my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was dead set. My wife's like, that's going to be in mid-February. It could be cold and weather. But I'm like, ooh, that's going to get pushed back to spring. That's going to make a nice trip. But I was thinking we are this much closer to getting to actually see what Ben is going to look like in the bat suit. So does that push that back? I would kind of hope that to kind of – maybe appease some of the fans that really wanted to see what Ben was going to look like in the bat suit. Do you show that photo in the next, I don't know, two months? And then people go, now they have two years to complain. This suit is horrible. Or do you just <laughs> hold on to it until you're already filming? What would yeah. you do if you were a brush? Would I you think... say, would you show it to be like, well, we're going to show you what Batman and Superman look like in this movie.
0: I don't know if that's what to do, but I think they have to do something to kind of ease the blow of this delay. I mean, either announce fully, like, all the characters you're going to have, if it's going to be a Justice League, announce that, or, like you said, show a picture of Ben Affleck in the Batman costume, or at least the picture that Zack Snyder showed Kevin Smith, <laughs> just to give us yeah. an idea of what it's going to be. I think they have to do something. And also, too, it makes me think of Man of Steel, how uh, that process went, because that filmed in 2011, and it was wrapped up principal photography, like in 2012, and the movie didn't come out until 2013, so I wonder if this is going to be similar to that, or they're just going to delay the principal photography of it till 2015, and then it'll come out a year later. Or 2014 is maybe just going to be all pre-production stuff and working out the script. So we'll see how that goes too.
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, release a picture of, of Ben Affleck in the Batman suit. Because, you know, people right now have kind of lost their faith and are angry Mm -hmm. with this announcement. And, you know, Rob, you you read all those comments on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. So I think you need to release something right now to appease fans or, you know, just to keep their mind off of this movie is going to come out in two years.
2: When I'm trying to remember. When The Man of Steel came out, we got... Um, the picture of Superman thrown into the vault, which, yeah. when it was just a still picture, I mean, that that picture happened so fast in the movie that I was like, man, that's a fast freeze frame. But, you know, we just had that one image for so long and people were trying to, you know, you fully really couldn't see the suit, but you could tell it was blue. Even if they did something like that where you, you can tell that it's been in the suit and you can kind of maybe see there's some gray in it. Is it is it blue cows, is it black, you know? A, a little teaser to kind of, like we were saying, a little bit to make us go, that looks kind of cool, you know? Uh, all right, I, I, could, I can wait a year extra.
0: Yeah, exactly. You've got to do something to get the hype back up for it, or the excitement for it back up again, because, you know, like you said, it's mainly disappointment now for most fans to seem to like anyway. So that would be yeah. the smart thing to do. <laughs>
1: <Wasn't> it? <laughs> When that picture came out, uh, Henry Cavill, the first picture, didn't everybody hate that? Of course they did. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> the tone was
0: it, too dark.
2: Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I said it's it's, it's going to be darker, and and I did not think, but when I first. We saw like an, an official, like the Entertainment Weekly, you know, beauty shot of Henry Cavill. I went back to that picture and I could have swore it was two different people. It looked like his hair was combed differently or whatever. And he, you know, here it's from the, you know, fight or whatever. But I just did not think that looked like a a good looking person to play Superman. I thought, wow, he just looks kind of like a doofus. But you know, once you see the the nice official photo, but of it's not all dark and everything. You kind of go, "Oh, okay," but
1: yeah. Somehow. You see, I, I was the total opposite on that. First time I saw Henry Cavill or or that picture, I was like, "Yeah, that that looks like Superman. That that looks like a Superman that I would want to watch."
0: Yeah, I kind of had the reaction like, "Oh man, this is a cool shot," but at the same time, like, it doesn't necessarily look like the Superman I've seen all these years. But at the same time, it still did. I just got the feeling, like, oh, this is a good updated version of Superman. (laughs) It just looks cool to see him in that pose and that destruction of that vault right behind him. And, like, the most bulk we've probably seen Superman, too, (laughs) in any pictures (laughs) previously that we saw before. But whatever first photo comes out of Ben Affleck as Batman, I think there's going to be more negative reaction than positive. I think you can take that to the
1: bank. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, with, with the bat suit, they, they would have to do something severely wrong to, to piss off fans, or to, to make us hate it. I would say. <laughs> yeah, to make us hate it, it would have to be really bad. <laughs> it would have to be George Clooney bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the silver suit.
0: <laughs> I may be a little but, critical on the length of the ears, but we'll see. Because I like... I've been kind of tired of the small tiny ears. I need I want some good long proportioned ears. <laughs> yeah, you see I like that. I, I like the shorter
1: yeah. ears. Really? Yeah.
2: I, I don't like them. Yeah, I don't like the real short Adam West ears or the like daredevil <laughs> porn ears somewhere in the middle there, the was it the the Goldilocks ratio. Not too long, not too short, just right. I don't like the you know <laughs> yeah. Neil Adams, you know Five foot ears, but <laughs> yeah. the tiny Jim Lee ears aren't that good either.
0: I'll say I want more of Michael Keaton's uh, Cal ear length than uh, Christian Bale's. I think the Michael Keaton Cal had
1: the perfect length for the
0: ears.
3: Yeah.
1: All I want to see is eyebrows. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have eyebrows. <laughs>
0: Well, you'll definitely see that on the Batman 66 show now that's going to be on DVD pretty soon.
1: <laughs> yes, finally, finally, it's coming to the DVD. Um, I've only seen like a couple of episodes, most of them on YouTube, that have gotten taken down. Uh, but, you know, it, this show is perfect for that Tuesday night when you have nothing to do, <laughs> like absolutely nothing to do. And uh, you don't want to stay out late. You don't want to go out because you don't want to stay out late because you gotta you got to go to work. But <laughs> you kind of want to watch something. This show is perfect for that. And as soon as it comes out, I'm going to get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, initially, I was upset when I first read the press release because the first words I read were DVD. Why does it not say Blu-ray? Yep. Blu-ray, DVD. So, are we going to get? Which I know they say don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but what I fear is we're just going to get a DVD transfer that will will look good, or maybe even in high definition. There'll be no special features, no nothing. It'll just be straight episodes. Here you go. Shut up. Here's the show. Which I'll I'll be thankful for it. I'll buy it when it comes out. But I'll be going. Why wasn't this in Blu-ray? Where We've waited, what, 30, 30 years, 40?
0: Yeah, I don't has it ever had a home release before? I don't Like on VHS or anything? I
1: don't think so. No,
2: the, the only thing official is the Batman movie.
1: Yeah. That's it. And
2: I have that on Blu-ray.
1: No, no, it's it's more like 50 years. Yeah. Almost 50 years, like 48, 47, something like that. Anyway, sorry. I mean to interrupt you, Rob.
2: No, 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 yeah, I just... I instantly went, like, this day and age, you know, seeing something on DVD, I, you would think it would be full guns blazing with us. They did say box set, so I'm like, okay, with a box set you tend, tend to get stuff, and maybe that's just the generic thing. Like, we we said DVD, but we met Blu-ray also. So
0: Yeah, I, I might be wrong in this, but I remember a long time ago when they were trying to get these DVDs out, I remember hearing they did, create some documentary stuff or special features for the DVD set whenever it eventually did come out. So there hopefully there should be some special features on there. We'll see how much. But um, for me, I don't know if this makes me a bad Batman fan, but <laughs> I wasn't necessarily too excited about it because it wasn't something where, oh, I've been waiting so long to get these on DVD. I know there's tons of Batman fans who have, and that's cool that they're finally getting it. But I just can't really picture myself – being too anxious to in and can't wait to get home to pop in that version of Batman to watch. I mean, I know it has a place in history for Batman. that did a lot for it. It pretty much saved the comic series, but since it's so campy and goofy, it's like, I don't picture myself popping into DVDs too much to watch it. So I don't know if I'm going to be getting it right away, but as a Batman fan, I think I should have it eventually.
2: This, this was my first Batman other than it was the, mine too. Yeah. But. Um, uh, not the animated series, new adventures of Batman, but the first new adventures of Batman that had the Casey Kasem okay, before okay. it, before it graduated into uh challenge of the super friends and all that stuff. I remember watching that, um, on our local, you know, TV channels here and then going to a cousin of mine's and seeing the live action. I was just like mesmerized by it. Um, and granted, you know, I, I was a kid and all that stuff, but even now just watching the 66, you know, uh, Batman movie, yeah, it's cheesy and campy, but it's it's nice to be able to to have both versions, and I, I I would want it for nostalgia reasons, and yeah, I would probably do like I normally do, watch any bonus features and stuff like that, and go to those favorite episodes that I had, rather than watch episode one all the way through episode what is it sixty five or something like that. I
0: wonder if it's gonna have the. Green Hornet uh, crossovers they did <laughs> I don't know if that was considered a Batman episode or a Green Hornet episode
2: I think I think it's considered a Batman episode okay did
1: yeah, Green Hornet have a series yeah with, yeah with oh. Bruce Lee was Kato
0: it was funny though he told the story how he had to do a fight scene against Robin he goes I'm not gonna do this fight scene where I lose to this guy <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, Bruce Lee, if only you knew how Batman and Robin were supposed to be, you'd have they'd have your respect.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, there's no official release date for it. It just says 2014. So I'm assuming it's going to be during the holidays by, like, October, November or something like that.
1: I hope th- this is because, like, what, one or two years ago we got an announcement that they were close to a deal and that DVDs were going to be coming out. Yeah. And that didn't happen until this year. And I hope this isn't just another, you know, uh, you know, we got that deal done. Now the DVDs <laughs> are coming out, and we never see it.
2: And well, I think just, that was the that was the step all along. Like I'm, I just picked up the uh, Catwoman action figure um, right before Christmas. So it's like once that first announcement came out, it was like, okay, the t-shirts started coming out, then action figures, I think this is like the the granddaddy, like, finally, here are the DVDs. Now we have, we've completed our, you know, our, our licensing agreement, so I think this is kind of like the the last thing, rather than put out the DVDs first, then try and sell toys and action figures, they did it in reverse, sell all the shirts, the games, the hats, and all that stuff, and then to build up the hype for the DVD. so...
0: Yeah, well, it'll be the DVDs and then the Blu-ray release. The, yeah. The last one.
2: <laughs> and then I'll have to buy that because yeah. there'll be a bonus disc in that.
0: Of course, there will. <laughs> Something new.
2: And speaking of bonus discs, real quick to get off a little tangent: Has anybody bought the Ultimate Dark Knight box set thing yet?
0: Uh, I want to. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's other stuff I've been. I want to get beforehand, since <laughs> like, I just can't buy anything I want right away. That one's kind of got push back on my want list, so eventually I'm definitely going to get it, though.
1: Alright, well, hopefully when that comes out, Tim will be... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Could not just quite think of what I was going to do with it. No, probably going to burn it, but... Now that I know that you hate the 66, I mean, the, the Batman uh, 1965, 66 I don't uh, hate series, it. movies, I have to say, Batman the Animated Series, it really sucks, I hate it. It's the worst <laughs> animated series ever made in the history of television and or moving picture. How dare you, even as a joke, how dare
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> That's blasphemy.
1: Take that to the bank. No, I. Um, <laughs> but um, we do have some sad news, Tim. So d- don't cry, Tim. Please don't cry. I'll try to hold back my tears. Rob, don't cry.
2: We'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, is, that doesn't sound too promising. But I have to tell the good people that are listening to this, including you, Alex. We haven't mentioned Alex yet, but Alex, we love you, man. No matter what the other people say about you, we love you. Anyway, on to the sad news. Unfortunately, Kyle Higgins' run on Nightwing, it's going to come to an end with issue number 29, which is in two months. So, March. Um, And, to top everything off, Rob, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but Team Titans
3: is going to go away.
1: It's going to go away. I'm sorry, Rob. No more Tim Drake for you.
2: (laughs) Until Batman Eternal dodged a bullet
0: (laughs) I actually think the Teen Titans thing could be a good thing.
2: Yeah. uh, I I don't want to jump on the Teen Titans bandwagon unless you want to get that out of the way. I've been on it since issue one, and it's been pulling teeth. It's been okay (laughs) at best, and I never want to tell anybody, like, Dane, you suck at your job. You shouldn't have that job, but um not saying that you know I'm almost forty, so not saying that I couldn't write for to be a hip teen, but Scott Lobdell is a little bit older than I am, probably in his late to mid fifties. He has no business writing a teen book <laughs> that's that's dealing with teen type things it's I'd, I was going through all my, you know, New Fifty Two comics and the whole stack of them that I still have, and started going through like what creators have been on their books since issue one, uh, of where you have a artist and writer that have been on such issue one to what we're up to what twenty seven now twenty eight maybe twenty seven, so I can think of Snyder and Capullo, and that's it.
3: Yeah,
0: that that's
2: probably it. Now, you do have writers like Kyle Higgins is, has been on the run up, you know, until this point, and uh, Lobdell has been on Teen Titans this whole entire time. And I, Teen Titans had those moments where I thought, yeah, the, he's going to get off to a really good start here. Then it just goes in, like, these weird limbo things. And I think his comment was, like, he's glad and proud of DC if it's are giving him a chance to wrap up his overarching story of nowhere, and that is exactly what this book has done. It has gone nowhere since since issue one. It has changed things amongst the Teen Titans for no apparent reason. The long and the short of it is I, I'm sad to see a, a Teen Titans book go. I'm just glad it's this version. I don't think the Teen Titans... I think is just as an important brand as Justice League or Superman or Batman. Maybe not that high, but it's still it's still one of those that it's not going to be the last Teen Titans book that they uh, write. So I think there'll, there'll be a new creative team come along somewhere and it'll get rebooted and go back to issue one and start all over again, but I, I just couldn't believe that he's going to have been on it for all 30 issues. I mean, that's I guess that's good job security for him, and hey, you got to write something and probably enjoy doing it, but it, as much as DC was just, like, cutting books left and right for sales numbers, I can't believe Teen Titans was holding that good of sales numbers that it that they were looking at it like, oh, he, he's, he's writing gold here. So, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Here's what I'm thinking it could be a good thing. And yeah, I think Teen Titans is a title where you really can't imagine, like, DC Comics going on without at least some Teen Titans book. Out there, but I'm just hoping that this can finally get Tim Drake his own series again. (laughs) Is like have it where it's Red Robin number one again, and just have more of a focus on Tim now, and not where he just tied into the Teen Titans or a Batman event where he makes appearance because of a crossover. Maybe now he can finally get his own title.
2: That's what I'm. That would be my guess. Like we said with the the her movie, here's my prediction for the final issue of Teen Titans. It's going to be Tim leaving. Uh, he has some secret that he's kept from everybody. The uh, team disbands. Everybody goes their separate way. Tim goes to Gotham, which puts him into Batman Eternal, and then out of Batman Eternal comes Red Robin number one.
0: Yeah. Or, Seems like the obvious way to go. But.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that means that won't happen.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> It'll be in Skidder number one.
1: <laughs> or Tim's going to die.
2: Don't say that. Although he is a Robin. He is a Robin, so yeah, that'll probably happen.
0: I'm not worried about Tim dying, but with Kyle Higgins leaving Nightwing, I'm really worried about Dick Grayson dying. (laughs) I mean, First of all, I'm bummed that Kyle Higgins is leaving. I thought he's done a great job overall with it, but I think it's just more evidence to believe that something's going to happen to Dick, and I think that teaser image of Harper Rowe, or what we're assuming is Harper Rowe in the new Nightwing costume, it looks like that might be the new Nightwing going forward. Even in an interview, I think Night or Kyle Higgins was talking about him leaving. I believe it was with News of Rama. They're asking him, "Are there any hints you can give us about what's going to happen to Forever Evil? Is that why uh, you're leaving Nightwing? He's all, I can't say anything. Uh, we just have to wait to the solicitations. So I'm just kind of thinking, he had his run with Dick Grayson, and whatever happens to Forever Evil somehow is going to change the status quo with him. And so instead of Having Cal Higgins write a new Nightwing, they're just going to get a brand-new creative team on it for whoever the new Nightwing's going to be. And I just have the feeling that Dick isn't going to make it out alive (laughs) and Forever Evil, and that bums me out.
2: You know what my prediction is? They have been toting uh, Earth-3, Earth-3. What I think happens, he he and Owlman Mm. team up and go to Earth-3.
0: That actually would be a lot better than him dying. I could see that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So, because his identity has been compromised in this universe, they're able to go to Earth three and basically start fresh. And Harper Row is left to pick up the pieces as a new Nightwing.
0: That's and I like this,
2: which would eventually open up for Dick to return. Yeah, rather than be dead.
0: Yeah, just the fact of. Dick no longer be a Nightwing. just going to be so weird now. (laughs) uh, I don't know how it's going to be. It's going to be weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense, too, where all the evidence is leading towards that. Kyle Higgins is going to be done, so let's get a new creative team on there for whoever the new Nightwing's going to be. Or Dick's going (laughs) to (laughs) die. Dan DiDio's been trying to do it for years, so that's what makes me think, oh, maybe this is... he's finally going to get his wish now.
2: You know i i hear I, I hear people say all the time you know it you know, you, you got to have something new but you know it's like well don't don't i don't want anything to change ever i want coke to taste exactly like coke from day one don't give me new coke because i might like something new i it's not that i fear change but when you have such landmark characters that i i know you got to throw some monkey wrenches here and there in the history of the characters but in some of these choices, they're making such drastic choices, I feel, are changes just for the sake of change. Like, let's put Lex Luthor as the lead of the Justice League. If it's for a small plot story in the grand scheme of things, that's fine. Or we're moving Dick to Earth-3 for a year and he's going to come back, fine. But if this is going to be the new status quo for the next 20 years, you're totally wiping out the the history of a character that is, that is going to be celebrating his 75th Birthday in a year.
0: Yeah, no way I think it's going to last too long. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like what happened with Spider Man. Doc Ock replaced Peter Parker as Spider Man, and you thought Peter Parker was dead. Uh, a year later, the Amazing Spider Man 2 movie's coming out, and guess who's coming back as Spider Man in April? Peter right. Parker. So, if Nightwing going to show up in the Batman movie or a Justice League movie, that's when Dick Grayson's going to make his return <laughs> to. Earth Prime or whatever, or if yeah. he's dead, he comes back to life. So he's going to be back sooner rather than later. <laughs> but it'll still be weird having a different Nightwing during that time. I mean, I don't know how to wrap my head around wrap my head around it, honestly.
2: I guess it's the same thing as Nightfall. I remember not picking up the Batman comic anymore. Like I didn't want to read Asriel Batman. That's stupid. So, luckily, there was a Robin comic I kept reading, but now I look back and go, those Hazard stories were actually kind of cool. So, I find myself buying some of those for a buck here and there and reading them and going, huh, maybe I should have been reading it. So, maybe it won't be that bad, but like I said, it's hard to wrap your head around it while it's going on.
0: Yeah, I'm real curious to see who the new creative team's going to be. Is it going to be some new writer and artist we really don't know too much about, or someone that we're familiar with who just hasn't had a chance to write Nightwing before, so... We'll find out soon. But overall, I, Kyle Higgins did a great job with the character. I mean, he always says how big a fan he is of the animated series. And I think the way he wrote Dick really showed. It just like it was reading uh, Dick from the animated series. So, got to give props mm-hmm.
3: to him.
2: And I hadn't traditionally read a Nightwing book. I think I only ever picked up Nightwing when it crossed over in a main Batman story. So, the new 52 started. I thought, oh, this would be a good Mm-hmm. A good book to pick up, and I've I've loved every issue of it. So, yeah, I'm I'm sad to see it come to an end.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, especially if Dick is gonna die or get sent to Earth three, and then has to pull a Return of Bruce Wayne with a special that runs like eight issues that is <laughs> c- confusing as hell, and you know isn't the best of quality. But um, yeah. Th- Nightwing in general in the New 52 has been one of the books that kind of reminded me of um Brian Q. Miller's Batgirl where it was part of the DC Universe but um Kyle Higgins created such a memorable character and made you know Dick his own that um you know it's it's significant, and it's memorable, and... Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I don't know how... I mean, where do you take the character from here now? Now that, you know, Kyle Higgins is, has left the character, even though it sounds like he kind of got kicked off the book. Yeah, didn't yeah. sound like he wanted to, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it sounded like that was the editorial decision, and, you know, he wasn't very happy with it, but uh, if it's any consolation to him... I, I thought that that was some of the best Dick racing I've read in quite a long time, you know. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna miss him on that book, and thank God he's staying with DC and he's not going to Marvel or Image or any of, the, of these other companies. And you know, he he still has his Batman Beyond, which seems like like his Nightwing, where he's making Terry this. Memorable character and making Terry his own character, not not so much what they did with the animated series, but keeping those elements and making it his own uh, version of the character. And I mean, I haven't been keeping up with that book, but I'd really like to see where he takes that N- yeah. now that he doesn't have the Nightwing.
0: Yeah, that's been really good. He even teased too that there's some big Dick Grayson storylines coming in Batman Beyond too, so. <laughs> He's still to be able to write Dick in some form.
2: <laughs> I, I, I kind of half wondered if, if there wouldn't be. It's like, okay, if I can't write Dick in the new continuity, well, then I, I can write him over here, you know.
0: Yeah, I really like what he's done with Dick from the issues I've read. I'm not fully caught up yet either, but how he's Terry's the new mentor instead of Bruce. Now, I really like the dynamic that both Dick and Terry have now. It's a lot more comfortable than how he was with Bruce.
2: I can't remember what Scott Snyder's tweet was to uh, Kyle Higgins, but it was it was pretty cool. It was like a, a nice big pat on the back. It's been a blast having you in the in the Bat Family. You know, don't be a stranger, and all that type of stuff. And it, it sounded like it caught Snyder off guard too, because his tweet came came pretty sudden after Kyle's thing. It's like, what really? I I just heard kind of thing. So
1: yeah, no, I noticed. I can't talk to him. (laughs) We all can't talk to (laughs) (laughs) him. Another thing about um, Kyle Higgins' and Nightwing is his side characters. I mean, I know last episode I said I didn't like the roommates, but I had to uh, read the previous issue um, of (laughs) Nightwing, Nightwing number 26, so that I can get refreshed with the knowing story and read 27. And I have to say, like, his side characters, they're really good, like Rhea. Yeah. um, Mr. Haley, even though that's not his. um, That assassin guy, I can't remember his name. uh, Psycho? Psycho? Yeah, Psycho. Psycho. You know, just characters like that, he did a really good job with them.
2: Um, Something else I really liked about Kyle's writing is how – how nicely he wove his Nightwing story into a uh, court of the owls yeah. that it, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, both of them worked really well, but as you're reading Nightwing, you're going, Oh, Holy crap. This whole thing has been set up with the court of owls. So it made those two books really good companion stories for the whole run of court of the Owls. So I thought that was done really well. The Kyle had this real slick way of, you know, writing the Dick Grayson character in, and then you read Batman, you're like, this sounds a little familiar, and you kind of would put the two together. So it made it really fun, especially when, you know, uh, Higgins and Snyder would say, okay, read Batman 5 and then read Nightwing, or read Nightwing 6 and then read Batman 7. So you'd kind of get the whole flow of the story. I always thought that was cool that they kind of worked hand-in-hand in, hand in crossovers, where some crossovers are like, like Lobdell for some reason. I'll write my own story, and I'll put Death of the Family on the title, but it's really not going to tie in that well.
1: Yeah.
0: out. <laughs> uh, yeah, two cool issues where for Court of the Owls, where Dick and Bruce were having that conversation in the Batcave. The exact, you see the exact same conversation about the Batman title and the Nightwing title, but yet it was from a different perspective, but it's still the same thing. It was just cool how... They went together that way, and it flowed perfectly, too. You didn't get this feeling where, ah, oh, this is just the same thing I'm reading that I read in Batman, but you just got it from Dick's perspective instead of Bruce's perspective, which is cool how they worked that out with him and Snyder.
3: Yeah.
1: And another thing is um, the consistency of quality, you know, with the writing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was rare that we got a filler issue. I mean, we did get filler, but it didn't feel like filler. And you know if you can do that, you know you, you, you can do anything. And you know all these writers that are you know supposedly, I mean uh, uh, not Kyle Higgins, but uh, Scott Snyder's protege or whatever. I I think Kyle Higgins kind of lived up to that. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that makes me want to. Uh uh, spend the what is it nine ninety nine to see his cowl feature, and then his cowl uh, movie is getting turned into. Is it a a dark horse comic or is it an image? Oh, no, it's image, image. Yeah. yeah. So I I think I not I think I think I'm I know I'm definitely going to at least check out issue one, and I've, I've liked what he's done with Nightwing, his writing style up to this point. So I think that book should be you know fairly decent too, and that'd be my first image comic and. 15 years
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so that's going to take us to our conversation with alex and we should just let you know that dane's having internet problems again and he dropped off (laughs) so i don't think he's going to get fixed in time so we're going to continue on without him
2: i've got to ask since i missed the last couple has he been able to be on all the way through
0: um, but not without internet problems. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. I just wanted to make sure the world was still turning as it always has. <laughs> oh, of
0: course, there's always internet problems. <laughs> but yeah, so Alex sent us another email from our last episode, and it reads, Hey, Bad Fans Without Pants, thanks for kicking the year off with a great episode. I enjoyed hearing your best dubs and decided to give some of mine. My favorite issue was Batman and Robin number 18. I was surprised that I liked the silent issue so much. At first I thought, what a chip. I'm not reading this. Heck, you can't even read it. <laughs> I, I, that was actually probably the first issue I read that was like that, and I didn't know what to expect, but, yeah, it delivered. So, yeah, I agree with you, Alex. <laughs> you know. luckily, luckily, I changed my mind. I was one of the only issues to give Damien's death the respect it deserved. That is true, yeah, especially from uh, Peter Tomasi after that issue of Batman and Robin, because that was the worst <laughs> series to handle Damien's death, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and that I also that was the issue uh, that I got signed by uh, Pat Gleason. Oh, so, nice! <laughs> yeah,
0: and he continues. Actually, the last few issues up to his death were all fantastic by Tomasi. <laughs> <laughs> After I just said they were all horrible,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm with Alex. I I thought that whole entire run's been really good, and that was another creator and artist that have stayed on through the whole entire book. So,
0: yeah, that's true too. Good point. It says, my runner-up is the Batman and Robin Annual. It made Damien my favorite character of the new 52 under Batman. Then he was killed right after. It's a shame that the quality of Tomasi's book has dipped. Maybe it's that I just haven't enjoyed them. I think there was people on the comic... Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. It says, I think there were people on the comic cast dreading the Arkham War event. I was really excited for it. I'm so disappointed in it, especially since Bane is my all-time favorite villain. It's funny. I was planning on at least checking that issue out, but for some reason... I never noticed it at my comic shop and like the new issue section, it wasn't on my pull list and I just totally forgot about it and I haven't heard too much great things about it. So I never really bothered to pick it up.
2: It's, it's on, it's on my pull list. I got issue one and then I didn't get issue two and I have three. Do I have four in my pull box? So I haven't, I read issue one and it's okay, but I haven't read any more because I don't have issue two. So I don't, just from reading that one issue alone, you're not missing anything. But I think it's – I always thought like the Rogue's Rebellion would be under Arkham War. I think Arkham War is just one that people aren't paying attention to because it's never on the shelf at my comic book shop. If it's not on your pull list, then they don't have any copies for anybody off the street to walk in and get. So, yeah, I kind of agree with Alex there that – I really like the Bane character. I thought, oh, this is going to be really good. We'll get a, a nice feature of Bane, and it's kind of like a, a zonker, so, oh, well.
0: Yeah, At well, least good to know I'm not missing much from what you and Alex are saying. Yeah, yeah. He continues, my favorite artist of the year was Greg Capullo. Although I have had some problems with Snyder's writing, Mr. Capullo has been nothing but incredible. Yeah, that we can all agree on. <laughs> My overall favorite series of the year has been the new IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I have to stop right there. Alex couldn't be more right. <laughs> that series has been awesome.
2: <laughs> really, I i heard a lot of good things about it, but I haven't picked it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I've been a Turtles fan pretty much my whole life. I grew up with it, but I wasn't as like hardcore until like I am Batman and Star Wars. But with the new TV show that's on Nickelodeon, and especially this comic series, I'm like super hardcore into the Turtles now. <laughs> Again, cool. this comic series is like, I want to see a movie like this. I want to see like one of those DC animated movies, <laughs> kind of like uh, how DC does their movies, have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles do that animated wise, because they're just awesome. That story. So yeah, Alex, great call on that one. <laughs> but being that it it is, Batman- <laughs> let me start again. But being that it isn't Batman related, I won't go into it that much. Well, I did. So I got you covered. Like, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Especially the last arc they had, where Leonardo joins the Foot Clan, and he has to fight Splinter and the other Turtles. was awesome. (laughs) I never liked the 80s and 90s cartoons, nor did I like the movies. However, when I was at the Mayo Clinic in 2012, I started watching the 2003 TV series on YouTube and got really interested. Fortunately, I found out that there was a new comic series that started in 2011. I saw that it was a more grittier and more mature take on the Turtles. Although I said in my last email that I thought Wonder Woman was the consistently best superhero comic, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is my favorite series of the year. It didn't start off as the strongest, but the quality has improved with each issue. Yeah, again, he's right on. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I was hooked on the first issue, (laughs) so I loved it pretty much from the get-go. But, yeah, kind of like you're saying, too, I just started watching the 2003 series right now because that's one I missed when it originally aired. And it's not as good as a new TV series as a comic. It's still pretty cool, though, but... Got to know Alex is a
3: Turtle fan, so. I remember
2: remember watching uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons, and I had the action figures, but I don't know if I grew out of it or or whatever it was. I always liked it. I never got back into it. I don't know if that was something I thought, oh, that's from my youth, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. it's it, hearing a lot of people uh, at the comic shop talk about how good it is, it's it's making me wanna, you know, check it out. So I'm a turtle fan, but I'm I'm on the side. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: like you for a long time. Like I said, just till uh last year or two years ago in two thousand twelve when the new series started. That's what really got me back into it, so <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And his email continues in regards to watching the two parts of The Dark Knight Returns together. I got the deluxe edition for Christmas, and while it does flow well, it's tough for me to see. It's tough for me to not see them as separate films, being that I watched them a couple of times separately. While I think the acting for Batman is underwhelming. Mark Valley is amazing as Superman. Now, question time: If you were given your choice of any Batman gadget for a day, what would you do with it? Bear in mind you have to deal with any real-world repercussions. So <laughs> <Still> wrong. <laughs> What gadget would you
3: use?
2: I think I would like the grappling gun to be able to, you know, not to be able yeah. to fly or anything like that, but just to be able to kind of zip up out of the way, you know. I always thought that was kind of cool. Or to go back to the 66 to climb up a side of a building. I know gravity, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be that easy like they did the 66 to – you know, just look like they're just walking, they'd be pulling themselves, but you know, having uh I, I I wanna combine it to be able to have like the remote bat claw where it's the like zip line you can uh swing from it or you can glide from it. I think that'd be cool. So that'd be mine.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I was gonna pick the bat uh grapple suit like I said just the ability to shoot it up and have a little bit of a rush of flying up to a building.
2: <laughs> yeah. But then, like you said, the real-world application, you've got to be able to stick that landing. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then again, too, the Batarang is such a classic, especially if you know how to use it good. It could be a pretty cool uh, toy to use. <laughs> Not against anybody unless you're a real superhero, but just have fun right. tossing it around would be pretty fun.
2: I had an uncle that had a, a Batarang. He could do all kinds of stuff with that. I'd throw it, and it was like a stick. It went straight
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> into the ground. So I was always marveling at anybody that could really use did I say Batarang? I
0: think a, you did say Batarang, but...
2: Boomerang. Boomerang. I know.
0: Yeah. Or maybe it was he caught a custom-designed boomerang that looked like a Batarang.
2: And maybe that's what it was. Maybe he used a boomerang. But, yeah, if the Batarang looked like a, a, a boomerang, then that would be my second choice if you took the grapple. If you got, if you got to the bat box before I did... You took the grapple, then I'll, I'll go with the battering. Yeah.
0: Then we can trade off occasionally. And you get the battering, I'll get the back grapple. Bifur- bifur. Excellent. <laughs> Second question. How often do you reread your old comics? Are there any stories you return to yearly? Well, that's a good question, because I know a lot of people do that. I have to say, I don't do it too often. I mean, I'm more worried about staying consistent with the current comics, but occasionally I do go back and read some old ones, like uh, Nightfall, of course, and then... The comic series I always bring up, you know, until Legend of the Batman, I always go back and read that just because it brings back some good memories. But it's something I don't do too often. No, it's not like it's a movie where, oh, man, it's so awesome, it's really good, and you watch it every so often. For comics, I don't really do it too much.
2: This feels like it's a good chance for me to plug something, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I wonder uh, what it could be. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I am currently rereading old comics. Because of my other podcast, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do read some of my old comics. Uh, No Man's Land is one that I enjoy reading. Uh, Again, like I said, I'm doing a a Tim Drake podcast, so it's been fun going back and rereading the origin of Tim Drake and working my way through uh, uh, getting up to Robin number 1, which is probably still quite a few episodes away. But yeah, every once in a while... I'll pull out uh, Gates of Gotham. I just reread that in a trade uh, recently um, over Christmas break when I didn't re- wasn't reading my comics that I should have been reading for the podcast. <laughs> I have read that um, every once in a while. Um, usually, what causes me to read some something old is it something in current continuity really ticks me off. I'm like, yeah. I want to travel. I want to travel back in time. When the world made sense. <laughs> um, yeah, one of my favorites to read is uh, Lonely Place of Dying. That's, that, I think that's my, uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns. If, if I get stranded on one, on a desert island with one book, that'd be the one book I, I've probably read consistently, um, every couple years. I'll, I'll at least read that cover to cover. So uh, sporadically I do. And then obviously, uh, doing a podcast is causing me to go back through and, Uh, read comics, some older comics as well. So I kind of look at my comic collection. I've I've been collecting them for a reason, so periodically I I will dip back in and pick something. Usually I pick something from like the 80s or late 90s rather than go, I'm going to read Court of the Owls again. I probably won't read that again until enough time goes by.
0: Yeah. I know that's something I wondered too. Am I kind of the minority as someone who doesn't do that a lot, or is that – a lot of people in, who read comics don't easily go back. I'm sure it depends on the person, but I'm just curious to see if that's something that I'm weird and not doing, or if I'm just part of the normal flow of not going back to read old comics or not. So,
2: I think it's probably a split for people. Yeah, um, I, I had a, a friend of mine through high school that he and I were both. We kind of started collecting comics together, and uh, he's. I think to this day he he loves having the collection. But I think aside from day one of reading it, he hasn't read anything. But it, yeah, like he's proud to say, oh yeah, I have the first appearance of Jason Todd, you know, uh, that the pre-crisis. He's like, oh, that, that was a good book, you know, or something like that. But I'm I'm the type that's like, oh, I, I want to read that, so I'll, I'll pull stuff out every now and then. And, and I may not read it a whole entire arc; I may just read a single issue that I liked. Sure. Yeah. Well, definitely a good
0: question. <laughs> I was like, because I think about that sometimes. You're like, Am I a bad comic fan for not going back to reading these classic stories <laughs> every so often? But,
2: it's kind of like the uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Why are you keeping the book? Yeah. You've read it. <laughs> After
0: you read it, why do you need it for <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. And Alex's last question What is your favorite Batman the animated series fight? And this one's a no-brainer for me. Uh, over the edge, Batman versus Bane. Such an epic fight. I mean, when you're watching it for the first time and you don't know it's a dream, it's like, man, it doesn't get more epic than that. Like, Batman's final fight with Bane. He does some awesome stuff in that, too. So i definitely put that as my number one.
2: I, Yeah, I I would definitely think that's that's got to be uh, one of my – yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Sorry, I just like that whole – like you said, the very first time of seeing it and figuring like, did, did I miss the first ten minutes of this yeah. <laughs> episode? That it's just building on this constant roller coaster right towards the end. I think my favorite part of that is Bane ripping up the bat signal and just tossing it and knocking Gordon and or Gordon Commissioner Commissioner and Batman <laughs> off the side of the roof. I just think that's that's great, and uh, where Bane's holding Batman up over his head and. So cool.
0: Yeah, and especially uh, my favorite is when Batman uh, gets those rocks into his cape and starts whacking Bane with (laughs) them. so awesome. Yeah. All right, so that's it for his questions. Thanks again, Alex, for another great email. And if anyone wants to send us any email, you can send it to batfans27 at gmail.com. So with that, we can go ahead and get into our comic review section. And there's only going to be two books that – I should say that I'm going to read it. Fortunately, Rob, I know you've been busy and haven't had time have uh, to read all of your comics lately.
2: You were just saying about being a bad comic book <laughs> fan and collector. I am looking at a stack of books here. And, Tim, one of the books I have only cracked open is Detective Comics 27.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm reading your, <laughs> yeah,
2: reading your tweets, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read it. But it looks like the dictionary – Encyclopedia and it's the entire D volume that I'm going to have to read through. So I, I, I flipped through it and uh, the panels looked good. I think I even tweeted like, oh this, this looks really good and you know, but it's kind of half a lie. I really <laughs> it look actually it's the truth. It looks good. I just haven't uh, haven't read it yet. So uh, I will definitely be uh, reading these uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Well, until then, you can hear my full-on spoiler-filled review of it. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, we're going to be covering Detective Comics number 27, which was for the week of January 8th, and then for the week of January 15th, i I'm going to be talking about Nightwing number 27. And like I said, or I keep saying we, but since I'm the only one who's going to be reviewing them, i got to say it just as I. Uh, I will be giving tons of spoilers for them, so if you don't want to be spoiled on it, um, you might want to skip the section and then come back after you read the issues like Rob. But Rob... <laughs> You're, you can't put your mic or headset down. You're going to have to listen to my spoilers. <laughs>
2: but I can hum. La, 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 la,
0: <laughs> There you go. And then our rating scale for this episode, um, now i got to remember it. It's John Cusack Films where he gets the girl at the end. Yes. Okay, got it. So Detective Comics number 27.
2: This Before is- you start, uh, I'm curious, did you get the standard cover or one of the variants?
0: They actually put the variant, uh, the Frank Miller Catwoman one, in my poll. Is but I actually love just the standard cover of Batman on uh, the gargoyle looking at the Bat-Signal. Sing- bat I think cool. it's a really cool cover, so, yeah, I'm going to
2: get that one. <laughs> uh, buff, I, also, before you start this, I never thought in my lifetime I would actually own Detective Comics 27. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it's the 2013 version, but... It's the first print. Yeah, it's a first it's, print. <laughs> yeah, <it's> first print. <laughs> You know, I don't think I'm going to send my kids to college off with it. But, uh, I, you know, looking at the whole grand scheme of things, yeah, they kind of reboot stuff. But I never would have thought you could – just to be able to say, to, I have Detective Comics 27, that you have to say, well, it's New 52. But I, just, I, had, I had to throw that out there. So yeah. I will shut up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is definitely – the time to do an oversized issue because remember they did that for, I don't remember what actual number it was, but 900, Detective 900 yeah, that was yep. such a waste. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but, I think that was like 16 or 18 maybe.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. But this one, yeah, this is how you do a nice tribute. I mean, the very first story in this one is pretty much a retelling of Detective Comics number 27 where it's the very first Batman story that Bill Finger wrote of the case of the chemical syndicate I mean, it's updated, of course, and not everything's exactly the same, but the basic plot was the same where Batman uh, un- overhears Commissioner Gordon Commissioner Gordon uh, get called out of a party, kind of like Batman 89, because there was a murder. And so he goes to investigate, and he finds out like, there's this big uh, corporate uh, scheme going on where they're trying to knock this guy off to take over the chemical plant. So they changed the name of the chemical plant, too, I think, from, I want to say, Ace and... The original Detective comic or no, it was actually Axis, and it changed the Chief mm-hmm. to Ace in this one. Then, uh, But what I really liked about this issue was not so much it was paying tribute to the first one, but Batman's inner monologue in this story was really cool. I mean, he just pretty much, he was saying throughout the whole issue why he is Batman. Throughout every panel, especially in the final sequence, he says, I do it because it thrills me. I do it because I'm brave. I do it because I'm insane. I do it because I want to stop my mother from screaming. I do it to make my father proud. He keeps saying these different versions as he's going through the story of saving the person who's about to be murdered and to take down the criminal in the story. He barely has any dialogue, really. You just keep carrying this inner monologue. And it was just really well done. I mean, uh, Brad Meltzer, who did uh, Identity Crisis, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, I haven't read a story from him in a long time, really, and, and kind of maybe <laughs> reminded me of how good Identity Crisis was and how good his writing was. I just like how his theater monologue told pretty much what Bruce is thinking throughout this whole ordeal, and at the same time paying a nice tribute to the original Detective Comics, number 27. So just the first story right off the bat makes this issue a lot better than that other oversized Detective Comics <laughs> 900 one. But my favorite one is going to be a story called Sacrifice, and this one has to deal with kind of like Perchance to Dream, or, what if Bruce's parents weren't killed? What would his life be like? And this, uh, told through, uh, the Phantom Stranger is kind of telling the story, like, almost like, uh, that's a wonderful life. Like, what would your life be if you weren't born? But this is what would your life be if your parents survived? And we just get this, like, seeing sequences of even though Bruce has his parents, Gotham is still really bad. It's still a, a worse place than ever because there's no Batman. And then we see what happens to different people in his life, like Gordon. He looks to be paralyzed in a hospital bed. And then the thing that struck at me the most was seeing what happened to Dick Grayson. Bruce is watching the TV, and there's a news report saying that um, Richard Grayson has been convicted of the murder of Tony Zuko and is going on death row. And that Hmm. pretty much sent shock to Bruce, like, oh, no, I can't live like this, because he knows uh, what the previous life was. And Phantom Stranger is like, do you see now why what happened to your parents is horrible? It was necessary. Now it's a sacrifice that's actually for the best because it caused you to do greater things and help so many people. So it was just a cool story of seeing that. And we've seen that before, like I said, pretense is green, but seeing the outcome of certain Batman characters was, was what sold the story for me.
2: And so this one, this one is set up like. Um, he, he's aware of the... Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
0: It was almost too like uh, Alan Moore's Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Or oh, like, yeah, not, yeah, Not that story, I'm sorry. Uh, For the Man Who Has Everything.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Where like Superman's in Krypton and there's some pulling him back where he has this great life where he always wants it but he knows it's not right. It's kind of similar to that because Bruce also has a son in this story too. Hmm. But then my second favorite one would probably be the one by Greg Hurwitz where it's pretty much almost like the Silver Age slash Golden Age version of Batman. It's like this old, like, campy uh, story where, like, the dialogue is old chum and all that type of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And, again, Greg Horowitz uses the Penguin, but (laughs) this is a story where Penguin works best, where he's as goofy as he can be. He has all these different umbrellas, and he's he's very campy, just like you're watching the 66 TV show. I think that's where Penguin works best. (laughs) But, yeah, this story is pretty cool because it kind of evolves as it's being told where Batman has these different looks and designs because there are different things that happen to him where his suit gets burned off, but yet another one appears and where it's like, instead of being the old 66, Adam West style, it turned into like the Neil Adams style. And this kind of progresses as the story goes on where his uh, costume and outfit changes the different designs. So it was pretty fun. It's kind of a nice throwback uh, retro style story. But then, after those two issues, there were some good ones and not so good ones in here. Uh, there was a real short one that was pretty cool that shows a Batman saving a mother and her child from a car accident. And um, the mother says, Thank you for saving my boy again. Batman's all again. What do you mean? But then an explosion happens and he just uh, goes to call for help. Then we zoom in on another panel. We see it's James Gordon Jr. harking back to when he saved him in year one. So I thought that was pretty cool. But it's only like three or four pages but probably my least favorite is going to be the big hype for Gothtopia. And unfortunately, that was the longest one in Detective Comics number 27, and the one that I was just like, eh, okay, I get what you're trying to do, but it's just really not grabbing me. It's where Gotham is pretty much a utopia. Everything's peaceful. It's not dirty. There's hardly any criminals, and Batman and Selina are together. They're crime-fighting crime partners. And it's just almost kind of like I was talking about that other story, Sacrifice. There's something that Bruce suspects isn't right. This isn't the real world. And he kind of gets a, hit, a hint of that. And when he does, everyone else kind of turns against him, like Catwoman turns against him, and the police force turns against him, and all these other Batman uh, family characters who I don't really know who they are, but in Gothopia, uh, there's like characters like Blue Bell, Flying Fox, the Gothamites, <laughs> all yeah. these different characters to take Bruce down. Like, he gets taken to Arkham, and we see Professor Crane, and he's normal, he's not the Scarecrow. But then on the very last page, we see all the villains where, in Bruce's head, it looks like it's a nice Gotham, and he's talking to a normal, sane Professor Crane, but in reality, he's talking to the Scarecrow, and he's taken into Arkham, and we see, like, Killer Croc, Professor Pig, Harley Quinn. Like, that concept's pretty cool, where they actually got their hands on Batman, but I just really have no interest in what's going to happen in Gostopia at all.
2: Uh, how was the uh, Snyder story? Yeah.
0: that was the one that closed it out. This one was pretty cool, but it wasn't my favorite. It was kind of like what Batman or Bruce would do to ensure that he stays Batman forever. <laughs> so it's pretty much there's like a time loop where there's always a Batman. There's an older Bruce Wayne waiting for a younger Bruce Wayne to come along, like to wake up, to take on the mantle of Batman, Batman and he'll go through that cycle, and then he'll become old and wait for another Bruce Wayne to come along, and he'll pass the mantle on that way. So there's always been a generation of Batman. And the artwork was pretty cool. I mean, there were some pretty unique designs. We got some uh, ones where it was like uh, almost like Pacific Rim or an anime where there's a giant bat mech fighting a giant uh, talon from Court of Val's mech just fighting each other and, like, smashing some buildings up, kind of like you would in a Godzilla movie or, like I said, a Pacific Rim. So just some stuff like that just showing you the different versions of Batman that have come along through this new way that Bruce is continuing on his legacy. So it was had more of a sci-fi feel to it, but at the same time we'll see if Scott Snyder goes anywhere with this, like in his normal Batman run. But right now it's just a decent, like what if story of, of what Batman will do to ensure that he stays Batman forever and that there will always be a Batman. So not my favorite, but still a pretty cool story. So overall, a good giant size issue. There was more good stories in here than bad. There's not really any bad ones, but just ones that were weak compared to the other great ones. So overall, I'm going to go ahead and give it four out of five John Kiesack movies where he gets the girl on the end. Overall, really cool, fitting tribute to Detective Comics, number 27. So I don't think you'll be disappointed, Rob, when you read it.
2: Sweet. i am
0: curious to know which one's your favorite.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely make that know me the next uh, podcast. I'll kind of run through it. They were kind of hyping up the first African-American Robin, and I was kind of thumbing through the book to kind of see where that was. And it's just that I thought it was going to be multiple images of him. It's just that one tiny little yeah. picture. Oh that would so. be pretty
0: much of a joke, really, just like on one splash page. And that's it.
2: Yeah. I was kind of let down. It's like, oh, that's all that was. So Exactly, yeah.
0: But going on to the week of January 15th, it got Nightwing number 27. And now this one's going to be a little bittersweet <laughs> to talk about now that we know there's only two issues left with Kyle Higgins on the book. But this one's picking up uh, where the last issue left off, where it was revealed that Nightwing was having a fight with Marionette who's trying to steal this new, uh, like a new. See, I'm drawing a blank of what it actually is without flipping through it. It's like a new medical drug type thing called Cranium. And she's been stealing it from hospitals. Now we find out uh, that the Mad Hatter was behind it all. And he was revealed to be the one who created this character, Marionette. And since she has blonde hair, she looks like Alice. He wants her back now. (laughs) But she's trying to steal from him because he has that formula called Cranium that's pretty much the only thing that keeps him sane because she's – has like a multiple personality disorder and her uh, gimmick is that she can adapt to any fighting style that she sees that she was able to see Nightwing and then she's able to fight like him. But uh, the reason why she got like this is because Matt had, Matt had her kidnapped her because she had blonde hair and she looked like Alice. He like shot her in the back and just kind of warped her mind really and just ruined, <laughs> messed her up really. And so she wants to try to stay insane and, be normal and the only way to do that is for the cranium but we don't find that out until the end because dick tries to help her he goes okay like we'll go and uh try to get that stuff for you and take the mad hatter down to for doing this to you but in the end um marionette betrays dick where like she knocks him out so he doesn't follow her to the mad hatter and dick's all she's just using me to get close and she's actually going to kill him for revenge but when he finds out that she didn't kill the Mad Hatter, that's where Dick realizes, oh, okay, she's just using me to get the cranium, and that's kind of she's like addicted to it. She left Mad Hatter alive because he's the one who's able to make it, and so she was just kind of stealing a, the batch that he had. So, as we were talking about earlier, this isn't a big story that's gonna have like a defining moment for Dick Grayson at all. It, was, it is pretty much a filler story, but it was one that I enjoyed reading. It wasn't like, uh, let me just get through it so I can read it, and then next time it will be a big Nightwing story that will have some repercussions. But No, just a pretty cool story of Dick and taking down the Mad Hatter. There was also some cool stuff with uh, Dick and his roommates, too. I mean, he's having a thing where they keep closing the window on him. He's like, I ah, keep telling them to leave it open, because that's why I come home from Nightwing without anyone <laughs> noticing me. Instead, he has to change and go through the front door like he normally would. But it turns out the roommate he was with was watching a little girl, and she was having that little girl put away some stuff Dick left behind in the front room, and so as she's putting it in the back in Dick's room, she finds a secret doorway that was hiding his Nightwing costume. So now there's this little girl knows his secret. That's kind of where the issue ends. Where we'll see what she does with it. <laughs> if she's gonna reveal it, or if that's gonna play into Forever Evil somehow. Or is that how they find out he's Nightwing? I don't know. We'll see, but. Knowing that I, Kyle Higgins isn't on the book anymore, and like you said, Dick Grayson's probably not going to be Nightwing, it's pretty safe to assume that whatever she does with it, it's not going to be too much of an effect on Dick because <laughs> what happened in Forever Evil was much more of a bigger thing with the uh, crime syndicate revealing his identity.
2: And I, I wonder if this is what that is, if this is if these issues lead up to that, I thumbed through this book. I got to the end. I try not to thumb through the end of the book when I pick it up, but I was waiting so long to check out. I actually did with this one. I see her holding, like, a, uh, the iPad or whatever, tablet. I guess I shouldn't call it an iPad. Yeah. Um, so with the grid being able to know and see through all, you know, computers and whatever Owlman knows, I'm. I would like to think that Higgins, if he was – you know that in on you know the court of the owls that if he decided well, uh, I want this to go into uh, forever evil as well. It'd be nice if at least kind of bookended it or started. Yeah, that's the where forever I think evil. it's gonna
0: go. Where like issue twenty nine is final issue is gonna be the last time we see Dick Grayson before he gets captured by the crime syndicate, or maybe that issue will be like a bigger telling of how the crime syndicate took him down. Yeah. So, well, we only have two issues to find out, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I wonder how far in advance he was writing, and if there was any rewriting he had to do, if he turned in 29 already, and, they, and then he got told, or if he was told, like, back an issue. Because for a while there, I think I've been saying that, you know, he was tweeting quite frequently about, Nightwing, and then for a while he just hadn't said anything. I wonder how long he's known that he's been off the book.
0: Yeah, probably for a while. <laughs> I mean, more than likely, he probably had to change how he wanted to wrap things up, or even if he had an endgame plan, because it sounded like he was going to continue on with Nightwing until, like, who knows when, like when they told him to stop, and now they told him to stop, so now he had to kind of uh, force his way, I guess, to make a tie into Forever Evil, since that's more than likely going to really affect what happens to Nightwing. So it probably caught him off guard, too, and probably wasn't the way he planned to end it if he ever had to end the Nightwing story because it has to tie into Forever Evil.
3: Yeah.
2: So, yeah,
0: (laughs) two more to go, unfortunately. But this was was just a two-part story, and overall, just an entertaining read. Like I said, nothing drastic happened, but just a good Nightwing story. So I'm going to give it three out of five John Cusack movies where he gets the girl at the end. And with that, that's going to end our comic reviews, short but sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Detective Comics was bigger than usual, so maybe that could count as two. So overall, we did three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Bat Fans Without Pants podcast. Um, as always, you can check us out at the thebatmanuniverse.net. And be sure to check out our sponsor, Tweaked Audio, your source for quality, affordable headphones. You can check them out at tweakedaudio.com. When you place your order, be sure to enter the promo code SAVES, and you'll receive 33% off your entire order, plus free worldwide shipping. But also, you can uh, find the banner in a link to tweakaudio.com at the Batman Universe. And don't forget to check out the Batman Universe at Facebook and Twitter, Facebook.com slash the Batman Universe, and on Twitter at, Twitter at Batman Universe. And if you want, you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at TimG311, and you, Rob, are at DrummerRob10. And Dane is that Dane says banana, even though he doesn't tweet. <laughs> you could just see his uh, awesome uh, pictures he has for his profile. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, don't forget you can find us on iTunes too. We would appreciate a review, good or bad, but preferably good. We keep saying we want to get to ten. We're stuck at nine right now. Just be good to have a nice round number at ten. So, <laughs> if we can get at least one more review, that would be great. And as well as our podcast, you can find all the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes as well. And, again, if you want to send us an email with any questions or feedback, you can send it to batfans27 at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash batfanspodcasts. And with that, I think that's going to do it. And, Rob, I don't know if you want to give another reminder or plug for your new podcast
2: Yeah, I'm also being hosted by the Batman Universe. Uh, I'm not on iTunes yet. Uh, You have to have, I think, four or five current podcasts before iTunes will start. And I'm on episode two. I'm actually going to record episode three tomorrow. But uh, you can find find it over at the Batman Universe right now. And it is Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. And uh, I also have a Facebook page. Uh, The the title was so long that it's just uh, Facebook.com slash... Everyone loves the Drake, and uh, you can go over like me over there. And uh, like I said, you can uh, click on the two issues or two episodes that are currently up. And I'm hoping to, when I get to the Nightfall section, to get uh, the Bat fans uh, cast together to go through the Robin-centered uh, issue parts of the uh, Nightfall saga. So
3: check yeah, me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the Nightfall is like you said, much more <laughs> pretty much my first yeah. time read with Tim Drake, so that would be a good point. Yeah. yeah. And I also have to say, best podcast
2: intro ever. <laughs> <What was laughs> I told? Uh, Thanks. Uh, it,
0: it just fit perfectly.
2: <laughs> I was trying so hard to think of, I, I bet I had a whole list of names. I thought, this is so hard, trying to name. Now I know how you guys came up with Batfans. It was probably just like, we're Batfans, that's it. You know? Exactly.
0: <laughs> so generically. yeah. Instead of uh, bending your brain to try to think of something so clever and creative, I, and different. Like, just go with the basic.
2: <laughs> and I was trying to think of something like I wanted to use like the Apple font, like I Boy Wonder, and um, Dustin was like, I hate this whole I this Apple that. And I'm like, okay, that name sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually watching TV, going through uh, reruns of uh, Seinfeld, and that episode was on. And hearing Elaine go, "You got to love the Drake." I'm like, "That's it. That's, that, that's the name of the of the podcast." And was uh, like Dustin was like, "That's funny. Keep it."
0: That's like your Bruce
2: Wayne moment where the bat flies in through the window. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that that's what it was. And my wife's like, "Everything comes back to Seinfeld and George with you." And I'm just like George goes, "I hate the Drake." <laughs> you don't like
0: the Drake? How can you not like the Drake?
2: How could you not like the Drake? So, yeah, if you want to hear some, uh, 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 what, I don't even know what you call it, some uh, some old DC continuity. I'm currently into issue three of Batman Year 3. Rather than starting A Lonely Place of Dying, Tim actually makes his first appearance in a flashback of Year 3, so I thought that would be a good spot to start the uh, show. So um, at issue, I'm at issue four thirty. Eight, right now on Batman. So, I plan to take it through um, wherever the Robin comic book goes through. When I probably hit No Man's Land, I don't think I'm going to go through all of No Man's (laughs) Land. I'll probably just go through brief. But I want to do like War Games and the Search for Rachel Gould, and I also want to, you know, cover those books that be it Catwoman, Batman, Nightwing. So. Kind of do whole story arcs along with doing Robin too, so it'll be fun. Hopefully, I get to have uh, you, Dane, and uh, maybe even Paul, Terrence. I think Terrence said he is going to uh, do part of Lonely Place of Dying coming up, so maybe get a chance to hear Terrence once again.
0: Cool. yeah, and yeah, like you said, for those who haven't read those stories, and just be like a nice recap and refresher to see what they were about. You know, listening to your first episode, um, I never read that storyline like the first parents of Tim Drake and the whole thing was Zuko going up for parole and Alfred kind of testifying against him. Like, yeah, oh, that was really cool. Like, I've never read that story before, but now I know. I,
2: up until having the digital comic, I I think I had read it, um, like I guess in the podcast. I, I read it when it kind of came out of front of mind, had had those two issues and I had read those, but it had been so long since I had read it and, until, you know, boning up for the uh, podcast, it I was really impressed how the story still holds, holds up this, those stories could be something that could be on the newsstand right now. Like some of the nineties comics can be really, you know, cheesy and you know, that type of stuff. But, uh, Marv Wolfman is really knocking it out of the park. So yeah, the year three stuff is pretty good. And I, I'd forgotten about, uh, you know, Zuko being up for parole and Alfred being the one that's, speaking on the behalf of Dick Grayson and trying to keep Bruce from knowing what's going on, so it's going to be a fun ride. Come check it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So, Until episode number 49, we one away from the golden age of 50. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. See ya. I gotta ask about my
1: for, for a a little bit i seem that weird. cuz i've been listening to yeah. a it's a cloud <inaudible> yeah,
3: yeah. one am yeah. <inaudible> <inaudible>